This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. On the BetQL Network. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, and PJ Glasser with you this morning. We are with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube. And, of course, follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the show today, Pro Sports Better TA. And, of course, our guy Charch will join us, Paul Charchian. And he's going to share some of his his favorite prop angles for the NFL championship weekend. So looking forward to both of those guests, but first Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan. Sounds like he's made his decision. He will head to the Los Angeles chargers to be their next head coach. And one thing we know about Jim Harbaugh, he will do whatever it takes to win. <laughs> Try to turn around this Chargers program and by whatever it takes. You know what I'm getting at there, Joe. Uh, they're going to cheat? Is that, is that where <laughs> nah, there's going to be I'm a Mr. Stallions joking. involved? <laughs> but uh, yeah, he'll go to any lengths. <laughs> he wins everywhere he goes. Like, there's no doubt about that. So, I mean, the reaction in some of the other places that have vacancies or the fan base feels there should be vacancies is about why didn't we get this guy? It never felt like there was another team in the running. The Chargers were the runaway favorite over the last couple of weeks, around minus 400 to land Harbaugh. They played their cards right, and this is a massive upgrade for this roster. Now, there's going to be some changes. They're going through a change with GM, of course. Another situation, though, guys, and there's no questions about this one, the head coach has the power. And that's what some ownership groups, that's what some general managers are very scared of. Like, they don't want to lose any of their power. They'd rather keep the power. Not sure if they're going to win, but if you bring in Harbaugh, I think there's a very high chance that you're going to end up winning. Uh, I, I live in one of the areas where people are mad today because they didn't get Harbaugh. They didn't attempt to get Harbaugh. And I think it hmm. it matters in a few spots like Chicago because this is a guy that cares about history. Like He thinks things happen for a reason. He wants to go back to what's familiar to him, and he did it in Michigan. And then he had nothing left to prove there after nine years. He go, goes out on top, wins a championship, right? Um, he's doing it with L.A. too. He's, he's going back there in a way. Like he played for San Diego for a short period of time, not as long as the Bears and the Colts. But also, I kind of look at the connection. That was one of his first big breaks in college coaching too when he was the Aztecs head coach. Like I remember as a young producer – 
you know, that's a smaller program. Like you could just call up there and get the office and Jim Harbaugh would answer the phone like that. And think about where he, he is now and his status now. But like, I, I understand why those, some of those fan bases are mad today, but this is by far the best job that was available because of Justin Herbert. Like, they're going to go through their changes. They're probably going to cut some big salaries. I'm sure Eckler's going to move on. They're going to have to do that. Khalil Mack, like he, he, He's got the most dead money on the entire roster, as crazy as that sounds. They're going to go through their changes. But when you have that stability with a top 10 quarterback easily with the potential to be a top five guy, PJ, like I, I thought it's a new doubter and you get to live in L.A. Like, come on. Like, this, this is a great gig. Great gig. Uh, I'm excited to watch all this unfold, guys. I mean, to Joe's point, Arball wins everywhere he goes. Not only does he win, but he wins, like, quickly. Like, he turns around, you know, programs, and obviously when he was with San Francisco, like, he wins right away. Um, the Chargers are kind of that organization, like the Lions were for a while, uh, like the Bengals were, where they just, like, they couldn't get over that hump, right? You were always waiting for them to fall short. And I think bringing in Harbaugh now, like, could change the stigma around the Chargers. Like, if they're ever up by 27 in a playoff game again with him as head coach, you don't think they might choke that lead away like he did when Brandon Staley was there. Um, his relationship with Herbert is going to be interesting. I can't wait to watch him develop. I'm excited for this division, too, right? Like, now... We have, I mean, three coaches that are proven winners. Andy Reid, obviously, Sean Payton's won a Super Bowl, and now we have Jim Harbaugh. So watching that AFC West, a division that we all thought a couple years ago when Russell Wilson came in was going to be really, really good. Now I do think it's going to be one of the top divisions in the NFL. But this is a big get for the Chargers. And uh, as Joe mentioned, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions to their roster but they're a team that they're looking to win right now. They know they have their quarterback. They've paid a bunch of guys on the defensive side of the ball with Joey Bosa, and they need Derwin James to stay healthy, those guys. And then offensively, I mean, they have the talent. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for the Chargers. I don't know if I can get there in year one with them. I'm excited to watch what Harbaugh does with them. But certainly I think you can take them more seriously now than you could in years past when we just looked at them and we said, this is a team with a really good roster that doesn't have the coach. Now they have the roster with the coach to go along with it. So they're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be really good over the next couple of years. Well, you brought up a good point, PJ, when Harbaugh takes over a team, he gets them winning quickly. I covered the Seahawks back in 2010 and same division when Harbaugh took over the Niners. So in 2010, the Niners went from six and 10 to in 2011, 13 and three with a trip to the NFC championship game. So it will be interesting what he's able to do with this roster, Joe. And you brought up the point that, you know, a lot of these coaches now, it seems like you look at Jim Harbaugh, he'll probably have a hand in who the next GM is there as oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well, isn't it going to be kind of him no matter who he brings in? <laughs> It's really going to be just Jim Harbaugh being the general manager. <laughs> you, you look at the AFC West now with Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and then you've got the change in Vegas. Like, I wonder how Raiders fans are feeling today. Like, they were excited. They're happy that, you know, the players oh. wanted their guy and they kept their guy, but he's not on the same level as these other three coaches in the division. I've right. 
I've talked to Raiders fans, Joe, who think they're going to be able to trade up and get Caleb. And I'm like, y'all are dreaming. Stop. Stop <laughs> it. What? And, and I'm sure Harbaugh took a look at that the draft. I get the fifth pick, too. I get all this talent. I get the franchise quarterback. And I get the fifth pick. I can do whatever I want. You know, we talk so much about with these coaches oh well they're gonna go offense oh they're they're gonna go maybe he's more defensive minded it might be tougher for him to get a job harbaugh's history as a player offensive dude when people looked at him over the years it was like, okay harbaugh's offense harbaugh's offense that ain't it like his teams are tough whether you were talking about the niners or michigan they're built on defense and that's the thing that we would point to at the chargers why would things go wrong a lot of times, because they were soft. They've been a soft team. They got some talent on that side of the ball, but they lack depth on the defensive side of the ball. It, that's not going to be the case moving forward. And that's what would excite me the most if I'm a Chargers fan. Not only do we have the quarterback, we got some weapons on the outside. We got the number five pick. But I'm not worried about the defense anymore. I know in the next couple of years, we're going to be tough, and we might be the best the best defense in the division. Yeah, I mean, look at the teams that are left in the AFC. Like, yeah, the Ravens and the Chiefs have Mahomes and Lamar, but they also have the top two scoring defenses in the NFL, right? So to mm -hmm. Joe's point, you better be good on the defensive side of the ball, especially if you're in the AFC. Like, with all the quarterbacks that you're going to have to face, I mean, Lamar and Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and Stroud, it just goes down the list. So, you know, obviously when people think Harbaugh, they think about how he's going to work with Justin Herbert but uh, their defense is going to be much improved as well. And with having to play Mahomes twice a year and having to go through him, like that's going to be huge. I'm really excited for this move um, for Harbaugh being back in the NFL. I think it's, I think it's great because he's one of the top coaches and uh, you know, the Chargers have had so much talent over the last couple of years. They just haven't had the coach to get them there. And now they finally do. Yeah, I feel like we could maybe even bet on some Chargers futures with a little more confidence because I haven't been able to get there with my own money. We did yeah. see the Chargers Super Bowl odds go from 30 to 1 down to 25 to 1, Joe. Any interest or are you just going to wait and see? Yeah, the analytics guys have been telling us for years, every year. Chargers, got to bet on the Chargers. Bet the win total, bet the Super Bowl, bet everything. Bet Herbert's going to be the MVP. Everything on the Chargers. Why? Because Staley follows our numbers. He loves our numbers. He follows the analytics. So we're going to win, and they keep on failing again and again. Um, I'll tell you what, what futures, that's a lot for year one, and they've got to turn over a lot on this roster. But the first thing that comes to mind is they're a mid-range team. They're making the playoffs. Like, yeah, they're not going to miss the playoffs with Harbaugh. Like he's going to do enough to grind enough victories where they're going to be second place AFC West team. And I see them making the playoffs in year one. Oh, see, I think they're going to be good. I just think the AFC, it's like if the Chargers make the playoffs, you know, who from the AFC that made it this year isn't going to make it next year. Like you could say the Steelers, but then I think it burrows yes. back, you know, then they're they're going to be in the postseason. Like, I think the Texans are going to be back. I think they probably win the AFC South again. I think Cleveland's got a great chance of being back. I certainly think the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills will all be back. That's the thing. The AFC is just so loaded that I agree. I mean, I think that Chargers team total over wins could be a good look because I think they're probably going to beat about nine, nine and a half. Um, 
But, man, their schedule is going to be tough, too, because they play the AFC North next year. So they're going to get the Ravens, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns. So they're going to get the best division in football. They do play the NFC South, which certainly helps. They get the Patriots next year as oh, well. Yeah. So they're going to be some some winnable games. The schedule is kind of a mixed bag a little bit. I just it, – it, for the Chargers, it's like I don't know who they're going to replace that made the playoffs this year, especially with Rodgers back for the Jets next year and then Burrow I'll get out back of here. for the Bengals. Rodgers. You would take the Chargers like, over the Jets? For two weeks, Rodgers? Um, yeah. yeah okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, let me ask you this. Do you, do you guys think the Chargers are second best in the division? I say yes. Yes. Uh, yes, that I would agree with. Yeah, so most likely they'll be in. Now, Jacksonville, sure. they were second best. They didn't make it. And the rest of the division after Chiefs was trash this year. But chances are they'll be in. But, yeah, the AFC East always tough. Maybe you get a few teams in. Who knows? But they're going to be in a position. Before, we couldn't really say that. Staying in the AFC, more news when it comes to the coaching carousel. The Dolphins and Vic Fangio have mutually agreed to part ways after just one season, Joe. Did this surprise you? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I, You know, I was always curious. Like Vic Fangio at his spots, it's always been Vic, take care of the defense. I'm not going to bother you. Like when he was in Chicago with Matt Nagy, that was the situation. Denver, he was a head coach. So that, that was a bit different. I think San Francisco was the same thing when he was the D.C. there for four years. Like, Vic, go do your thing. But I wonder how that dynamic worked with Vic Fangio and Mike McDaniel. I mean, they seem like very, very different dudes. Like, Vic's an old school, just football guy. Um, it's interesting. He's going back to a team that he was a consultant for just a year ago. Uh, the, the other angle that people are talking about, oh, he's got family there. So that's the connection. Look, PJ, he's going to a position where he couldn't possibly be worse. Like there is no downside in going to the Eagles. He's going home and they're going to be better. He's used to bringing teams' defenses to the top 10. If he brings it even close to the middle, they are going to be overjoyed. I agree. I agree. I think the Eagles would be would be a slam dunk to get Fangio as their DC. Towards the end of the year, injuries really played a part in the Dolphins' defense. Like, second half of the regular season, they were really starting to turn a corner. You know, they were okay the first half. The defenders kind of had to learn his scheme. And then once they did... I mean, they were playing really good. Jalen Ramsey was back. They were getting after the quarterback. And then they started suffering injuries. And Jalen Phillips went down. And then Bradley Chubb went down. And then they started losing linebackers and guys in the secondary. And you watch that playoff game against Kansas City. And Fangio was forced to blitz like seven, eight guys every play because they couldn't get after Mahomes. So it's it's unfortunate, honestly, for Fangio just because they didn't really have many healthy bodies left. But there's not a doubt in my mind, like he can still coach defense. And I think the Eagles would be a great fit because like Joe said, the way that they were playing at the end of the year, like you can't get any worse than the Eagles past defense was. It might take them some time. Like if Fangio goes to Philadelphia, I cannot wait to bet overs in the Eagles games, like the first seven, eight weeks of the season. But then in the second half, once they start to figure out his scheme, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be much, much better. It'll remind me of like those chiefs teams with Spagnola where they'd give up a ton of points the first two months of the season, and then Thanksgiving comes around, and they're like a top-10 unit in the league. 
Well, staying in that division, Boomer Esiason says Ben Johnson to the Commanders is a done deal, essentially. I mean, it's not official, but he went on the record saying he's pretty sure it's happening per his sources. Maybe I finally got to stop talking trash about Washington. Is it well, time? let's see if they can land the plane. Let, let's do that first. And okay. then, I don't know. Uh, well, let's see it, Aaron. I mean, you need to see some success. We think you'll be I good. I would love Who it. Knows? Let's get yeah. Ben Johnson. Uh, we got the good GM, so things could be looking up for the commanders. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, pro better Clev TA will share his favorite insights for the NFL Championship Weekend right here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, and PJ Glass are with you. And we are joined by Pro Sports Better TA. You can check out his website, clevanalytics.com. And TA, let's start with the AFC Championship game. Thought this was interesting. Was listening to 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. And they were talking about how the Ravens have won nine games against teams with winning records by two touchdowns or more. Yet the spread is three and a half to four, depending on where you do your shopping. So what do you like in this matchup? Yeah, hey, guys. I uh, That's funny you, you mentioned that because this is the real story of this game uh, from the spread perspective because if you put a blindfold on, you know, who these quarterbacks are for these teams, you know, for, for uh, especially for Kansas City, and you just did blind resume, here's, here's all the data for the season, here's what they've actually – uh, it was, you know, each team has actually done this year. What should the line be? And, you know, clearly this line should be a lot higher, should you know, probably be, based on my numbers, closer to six and a half or so. Uh, but you're paying a tax because it's, it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side, and we know who he is, and we know the priors on him and Andy Reid and all that. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting kind of tug of war between, you know, uh, as a better, are you going to trust your actual numbers on the game or – are you going to throw those away and understand that you have the greatest quarterback maybe that we've seen in our lifetime uh, right now and Patrick Mahomes on the other side, and you don't want to fade that. Uh, so it, it's a tough, uh, tough decision uh, in that regard. I mean, I personally haven't taken a side on this game uh, yet. I think, you know, maybe the Baltimore money line um, paired up with uh, the under, I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think both teams are uh, clearly uh, much better against the pass than the run. Uh, Kansas City is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. We know that Baltimore can run the ball uh, from a kind of power, kind of power formation. Uh, Baltimore is one of the best in the NFL, and Kansas City is dead last at defending those types of runs. So you can see a lot of Gus Edwards uh, just kind of right down their throat. Uh, who knows if Willie Gay is going to play or not, but so that could hurt, you know, hurt, hurt them defensively as well. So uh, that could eat some clock on the other side of the ball. You've got a great defense, uh, defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, who will likely scheme up some really good pressures against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they got Marlon Humphrey back, so uh, they'll try to keep everything underneath, and I think that's another uh, reason why Kansas City might decide to run the ball as well against those kind of two, two high-shell defenses uh, that, that they're used to seeing. So you could see a lot of, uh, lot of running, uh, clock being uh, you know, drained away, uh, and maybe you know, get a Baltimore and an under kind of a combination. So I'm leaning that way uh, from a parlay perspective, but I haven't, haven't taken anything yet in that regard. T.A., which team do you have power rated uh, number one in the NFL, and how close is it uh, between Baltimore and San Francisco? 
so the way I do things, I don't, I don't necessarily do power ratings. My, my uh, analysis is all matchup based. So mm-hmm. you could have one team raise a little bit higher than the other, but if, if the, just based on how they play and their coverage schemes and all those sorts of things line up a certain way, you might actually have the, I might actually have the team that's you know, uh, not power rated as high uh, be a team that I'd want to favor. So, uh, but you know, kind of absent all that, I, I do have the Ravens just barely uh, ahead of San Francisco. And I think depending on how these games turn out, if it is San Francisco and Baltimore, uh, I do think that the Ravens would take some money uh, right away if, if San Francisco is a, you know, opens up as a one-point favorite or something. Uh, but I do think it's, you know, you're, you're splitting hairs. Uh, it's essentially a pick I think, either way, if those two teams play each other. T.A., when you look at this game and if you're looking at uh, player props between the Ravens and the Chiefs, how would you go about attacking uh, Mark Andrews? Because likely he's been so good for Baltimore. He scored a touchdown in five straight games, but Andrews is Lamar's favorite target. So would you just stay away from Andrews completely, or do you think that maybe they use him as a decoy this week? How would you attack uh, trying to bet the Baltimore tight ends? Yeah, that's really hard. It's always difficult when when you have a player who's missed a bunch of games and coming back from injury the first time out, you have no idea how they're going to react. You know, what's the re-injury rate uh, for, for a, a guy like him? You know, I, I don't know all those things. So I typically just avoid it altogether. I don't want to fade it. I don't want to back him. Uh, if he does play uh, and we do see some likely props, you know, at a discount, I would probably lean to just, instead of worrying about Andrews, just taking some likely overs if, if the number is right, because I do think he'll get discounted. But even if Andrews does play, I think likely he's going to get a lot of usage anyway uh, in some of those heavy formations. Like I said, they're probably just going to try to run the ball a lot, uh, use some power formations. And I think, you know, likely can still get some action because this Kansas City secondary is so good defending wide receivers. I actually tweeted about this morning. If you look at the list of number one wide receivers that they face, and it's pretty much all the best ones in the NFL, they've held all of them except for uh, one Devontae Adams game. Uh, below their season average, like, and they're not even close. Like guys like Justin Jefferson get 28 yards, AJ Brown at eight yards. We saw Stephon Diggs, who you know may or may not be washed, but he had 21 yards last week. It's just incredible, time after time. So they may just shut down those wide receivers, and Lamar just focuses on both Andrews and uh, Likely. So uh, that's one way to potentially attack it. Just not worry about Andrews. Maybe you get Likely at a discount, and you can uh, you know take a, a discounted uh, prop number for him instead. We did power rankings and we were trying to rank the uh, teams left standing, their weaknesses. And I really couldn't find one for the Ravens, but I guess if I want to get nitpicky, I was looking at a, some of their losses, kind of scratched the Steelers off. But um, when the Colts beat them, Zach Moss racked up 122 yards on the ground and Jerome, Jerome Ford 107 yards in the ground game. Could we or should we be looking at Pacheco props? Is that something you would have your eye on in this matchup? You know, he's dealing with a turf toe. I know he's been kind of limited in practice this week. I mean, I'm sure he'll go. Uh, But this could end up being a game script where, you know, if the Ravens go out ahead early, then Kansas City can't really run the ball. And so you kind of eliminate a lot of the Pacheco uh, props in that case. So there's a little bit of a risk. Uh, I will say one prop I did take uh, kind of in that line. So, the, the Ravens are 26 in explosive uh, run rate allowed. So they have allowed some big, you know, kind of chunk yardage. Um, and they're kind of middle of the pack from a, you know, EPA perspective. So they aren't great defending the run. And they haven't faced many good running quarterbacks this year. In fact, between uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert are the only uh, quarterbacks that rank top 20 in yards per game on the ground. 
And those guys aren't necessarily, you know, scramblers uh, that, that you're worried about. Those, they both ran for over 40 yards against the Ravens. You know, Deshaun Watson had a, had a good game uh, when he played in that second game out uh, uh, for the Browns. So uh, one, one prop I do like and maybe one area that, you know, that could be exploited is Patrick Mahomes over his rush yards. I have over 25 and a half. I, think, I haven't checked this morning if that's still available, but something, anything under 28 is fine. I think from his perspective and the fact that Baltimore plays so much man coverage, they're one of the more man-heavy uh, schemes in the NFL, and that always lends itself to uh, quarterbacks being able to scramble because you get those rush lanes, the, the, the defensive backs have their uh, backs to the quarterback, and you can find if he could get past the, the pass rush, you know, he could find some lanes there. So that is one way is as, on the high leverage downs and those third and fourth downs, you know, he may pick up those, uh, those key uh, – Key conversions, and so that's one area I guess outside of you know instead of focusing on Pacheco, maybe uh, take a look at the Patrick Mahomes. He always steps up his kind of running uh, abilities in, in the playoffs with, and we've seen that with Josh Allen and Lamar and other guys like that that they, they rush a lot more in these high leverage games in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. So um, a lot of these numbers are based on the regular season totals. So you get a little bit of a discount uh, when the fact that that's when they really um, step up the most. So that's probably one area that I look at. T.A., let's flip over to the NFC Championship. We've got the Niners favored by a touchdown. High total, 51 against the Lions. And one of the big talking points early in the week, I don't know that we're going to learn anything over the next couple days, certainly the injury report and Debo and the on-off splits. San Francisco's record when he plays a full game versus when he's out or when he misses part of a game. But, um, you know, the Lions injury report, also noteworthy. You've got Laporta not practicing, Ragnar not practicing. We expect them to play, but they're not practicing as far as Wednesday goes. And then the one that seems to be flying under the radar is Jonah Jackson, because when he was not out there last weekend, I mean, his backup was awful. So injury report-wise, what matters the most? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I think that you, you hit on it. Jonah Jackson, I don't expect to play at all. Um, and Ragnall will play, but he's got two sprained knees, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. To talk about so, so these guys are just so tough uh, to play an NFL game when you have two sprained knees. So that's going to be a problem uh, without Jackson and with a banged up uh, Ragnall in the middle against this San Francisco pass rush. Eric Armstead um, you know, came back last week. The defense is much better when he's on the field. Uh, in fact, you know, they're, they're a, you know, a top 10 level defense in general, but when he plays, they're number two in the NFL uh, by EPA numbers. So they can really get after the quarterback. You know, last week they didn't sack uh, Jordan Love many times, but they got a lot of pressure. And that's one of those things where pressure sometimes is more impactful than sacks. But it's a, it was a slippery field. That's always hard for a pass rush to get a get their footing. It's an advantage for the offense in that, uh, in that regard when you have a wet field. So this week should be dry. I expect them to really get a push uh, up the middle, and that's going to affect Jared Goff, who goes from, when you look at PFF grades, number two in the NFL with a clean pocket, he's number 27 when pressure. And we know anyone who's paid attention to Jared Goff knows he hates pressure, not mobile, 
Uh, he makes a lot of mistakes. His turnover-worthy plays uh, skyrocket. He's top 10 in that uh, regard when, when he's pressured. So I think that the Niners are going to give them a hard time uh, up the middle. And then you talked about Debo Samuel. I, I think a lot of those on us with a really – I don't know if they're media-driven, they're not doing their homework, but if you, if you dig in a little bit more, you realize that the reason that the numbers look so bad with Debo off this this season is because Trent Williams also missed the sa- almost the same number of games as Debo Samuel mm-hmm. at the same time. Those They both got hurt against the Browns, and they missed a couple games. So the numbers look even worse because you're doubling, you know, your two best players maybe out of offense are out at the same time. So I ran the numbers when Debo uh, is off the field, but Trent Williams plays this year. They still have like the second best EPA in the NFL at offense. So the second best offense when both guys are off the field and miss time, they're 23rd. So it, it really is a Trent Williams impact more than it is a Debo Samuel impact. And yeah, you'd love to have him, but still have a lot of weapons and you're going up against a really bad pass defense in the Lions. And even last year, Debo Samuel missed what four games. Uh, he missed four games, and the Niners scored 31, 21, 37, and 37 points. Like, that wasn't a problem last year. So I, I think we're overblowing the Debo Samuel impact. I personally don't, you know, maybe the half a point to the, to the spread for me, but I, I think that when you see some of these numbers that people are posting all over the place on Twitter and in the media, it's not very accurate because it just so happens that the best tackle in the NFL was also out at the same exact time for much of that. So it, it's totally skewed in that regard. Yeah, we got about three minutes left. I want to get your thoughts on Brandon Ayuk just because of how much the Lions have struggled against number one ride receivers. You look at what Mike Evans did, what Puka did, Justin Jefferson in the couple times that they met the final few weeks of the regular season. Their past defense has struggled, but in general, they've really struggled against number one wide receivers. Ayuk's receiving prop is at 80 and a half, so that's certainly built into the line. Uh, how much Detroit has struggled against number ones. Would you still take that with Ayuk? I mean, can you see him going for 100-plus yards, or at the 80-and-a-half, is is that a pass? Has it gotten just too much for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm a value player, so that it gets a little rich for me. Uh, I think that's like almost 10 yards higher than it was last week, uh, if I recall. So it's definitely baked into these lines, especially when you get in the postseason, these these, these numbers get pounded so early in the week that it, it'll, by the time you, you come into, you know, a Thursday like today, it's hard to find value there. Not saying he won't get there because, it, like you mentioned, I think every number one receiver has gone over 100 yards in the last, you know, two months against the Lions defense. We also have to remember uh, a lot of times these teams are trailing or the game's close, so they are throwing even more than normal. So you inflate some of those numbers. Uh, and this week, I, you, know, you haven't asked me, I, I actually love the, the, the Niners this week. I actually think they'll, they'll blow out the lines. I don't think it's going to be close. So you could get a little depressed, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, statistics at the end, uh, at the end of the day because of that. I actually like the McCaffrey rush yards. I think his number is about five, five yards lower than it was last week, and, and people are, are not paying attention to the fact that Detroit's run defense is top five by a lot of kind of um, unadjusted metrics. But when you look at who they face, They've only faced one running back who ranks top 15 in yards per carry. That's Kyron Williams. Even in that game, in the wild card game, they gave up 13 for 61. You could have you, you could have rushed for a lot more, but he got hurt, and they were just you know so focused on the on the pass game that they didn't concentrate on him. They haven't faced anybody even close to the level of McCaffrey. And even Rashad White last week was not very efficient. Had nine for 55, and he got hurt. Uh, and they were coming from behind. So in a game state where I think the Niners will be ahead a lot. I think uh, McCaffrey's rush yards are uh, a little bit – you're getting a little bit of a discount here, and everyone's focusing on guys like Ayuk and, the, and Purdy. 
I think that McCaffrey could be salting this game away in the second half, and he could post uh, some, some pretty big numbers here. So I, I have him modeled uh, closer to 96 yards, and I think he's sitting at about 88 uh, uh, right now in the, in the, in the pot market. So that's, that's who I'm personally uh, attacking. About 30 seconds. Would you be looking at Niners alt spread then? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So real quick, uh, why I like the Niners so much, it really comes down to what the Lions love to do on offense. They love to attack the middle of the field. Goff is top five in both EPA uh, over the middle of the field and number of attempts. That's all. I mean, that's their bread and butter. But the Niners are number one in the NFL in defending the middle of the field by EPA. Dre Greenlaw and uh, Fred Warner are awesome uh, defending the, uh, from a coverage perspective. They're going to shut down the middle of the field, and there's really not much else that the Lions can do. Goff does not like to throw outside the numbers. He's not going to have success there. Uh, he's not faced a lot of teams that generate pressure like the Niners do. You've got the uh, interior offensive line banked up like we talked about. He's going to deal with a lot of pressure. If they trail early, this thing is going to be over. And uh, I do like some of the alts at like minus 13 and a half, minus 19 and a half, or a couple of numbers that I would look at just under some key key numbers uh, in that regard. So I, I do think this this has a you know, kind of a tail outcome of uh, a major blowout. And I would definitely look at if you could get 19 and a half. I think it was at like plus 380. Um, 19 and a half. One area that I would look wow. at. Wow. I love it. Thank you so much for your insight. I know Joe Ostrowski will be loving that as well. Fade the Lions, you say? He's all about it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, we go off the board. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser is with us. Got Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you. And listen, Jake thought 200 bucks was a lot to spend on a basketball game watching his team, Illinois, play. How about this, dude? There's a Ravens fan that just posted, hey, I'm all set for the game. Screenshot of what he spent. 73k for two ravens tickets we were talking about this last week we wouldn't even spend a thousand on tickets this dude spent seventy three thousand. joe is this i have a hard time wrapping my head around this i don't get it so what's the appeal is it do you want to have those tickets forever are you going to frame them do you believe they're going on a super bowl run so i was at the afc championship game once a lifetime opportunity. I don't know. When I look at NFL games, I want to be able to see everything. I think it kind of sucks going to NFL games. And definitely during the regular season because you miss everything. I hate that. That's a no-go for me. Now, this is different. I, I'm assuming a diehard fan. And it's the only game going on at the time. But still, like, being around drunk morons the whole time. Like, I'd rather be with friends, comforts of my own home. I can eat whatever I want. Don't have to miss anything if I go to the bathroom. Like I don't, I don't know. I I don't find the appeal of going to NFL games at all. That's where I'm at. So I can tell you guys, as Ravens fan, as a Ravens fan, that uh, for this game specifically, I would absolutely pay a, like at least a thousand dollars to go to this game. Absolutely, it's the Ravens' first AFC Championship game as the Ravens. They haven't played a AFC title game in Baltimore since they were the Colts back in like the seventies. It's Lamar versus Mahomes. They're rolling out like the red carpet for this game, 
Ed Reed and Ray Lewis they're introdu- uh, introducing before. Terrell Suggs is going to be there. Michael Phelps is going to – like, everybody who is a legend Michael in Baltimore Phelps. is going to be there before the game. And we it's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great weather, too. So, you know, I went to the Texas game. Rain. Last- I thought it was going to rain. It might rain, no? but at least it's going to okay. be in, like, the 50s. You know, it'll be For this warm. time of like, year, that's week- great weather, though. 45, yeah, great 50. weather. 70 today or tomorrow. It's insane. I mean, Aaron, you know how cold it was here last week. I went to the game last week, and, I mean, it was like 20 degrees. It was so cold. Okay. So. Okay, let me ask you this. Did you see you to- MLK? <laughs> I did not see him. <laughs> I saw the photos after, but I didn't see him at the game. All right, you okay. get to go to one. Are you going to this game or are you going to the Super Bowl in Vegas? Oh, Super Bowl. Easy. But you got to take the chance that they're going to make it. Correct. You got you to gotta take the chance. Yeah. You got to take I the chance. I would rather do that. Because yeah. – See, like, think about, too, how much money you save going to an AFC championship game when it's, like, a home game, right? You don't have to play, pay for flights. You don't have to pay for uh, a hotel, like, all these other little things. Like, yeah, it's an expensive ticket, but, uh, guys, like, I'm so excited for this game. It's honestly yeah, all I'm thinking about. Like, but I it, mean, I can't wait. But if you were on some shows on the network, you wouldn't have to pay for flights. You'd be in Vegas all week anyways. So I was going to say, like, if I'm a Ravens <laughs> fan and I'm PJ, I'm like, can we just make a call? Like, can I please go to this? I will, you know, do as much you content know, as you want. Let's get a press pass. Do the whole thing. Overtime based bets. on the, let's go. I was thinking based on the, uh, like, bet QL roulette that happened. Like, what was it? Uh, What's the final destination that was kind of overtaking our talent last year at the Super Bowl? They might want to have yeah. someone on backup. I'm just saying. Joe got oh, hit with true. something. Orby got hit with something. Orby oh, is walking around. I don't know why. I'll be out in Vegas. Vegas. We're doing uh, Could have been Yeah, anything. we're doing Send It In out in Vegas. So I will be there. Oh, good. You do. Oh, you're going to be there. I'll be there. Say that. Okay. Very your dream oh, is halfway there, PJ. Like, you got you're... one foot in the door right now, my man. You're telling me, Aaron. I know. I need him <laughs> to win this game. We're almost there. We're almost yeah. there. Especially against that... San Francisco, too. Like, man. I got to tell you guys. I mean, I know we're going to break this game down at the top of hour number two. But, like, I-, I feel good, like, about the Ravens in this game, too. Which I think is another reason why, like, I spend the money. If I was going into the game... And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't think they're gonna win this. Like, I'm gonna be miserable. Then I don't know if I would, but like, I, I really think they're gonna win the game. So it's just another reason. I gotta tell you too. I was on on uh, yesterday getting my parents tickets for the game, so they're going. The Ravens opened up at 10 a.m. to the public, right? So you don't have to pay like all the secondary market fees and everything like that the fees alone so forget just like the price for the tickets the fees alone were 250 dollars on one ticket for just the fees so it's insane that's not bad for a super bowl i mean that's a bucket list thing i think people would pay for for well it was for the afc title game it was for the game this week oh sorry okay i gotta tell you i i disagree on the super bowl opinion I think a lot of people just, oh, you bigger game, championship, you go there. Totally disagree. Because when I think of, like, I'm looking at perspective from the Bears when they've been involved in both. And the iconic moments were in the conference championship game, not so much mm. the Super Bowl. 
Like, the Bears, 85 Bears, the way to the Super Bowl, the iconic moment was the championship game. And if you're being awarded the trophy in front of your crowd, everybody for you is a Ravens fan there. Like, those are moments that you would not not forget it's going to be a stale ass atmosphere compared to what you're going to see in baltimore this sunday i'd much rather go to the champ the uh, conference championship it's almost That's like scary. a super bowl with the ravens and chiefs isn't it like this could be the better game right right could be yeah. now joe's brings up a great point too about the environment like it is going to be I know when we think of the loudest environments in the NFL, you know, you think of like Seattle, you think of Kansas City, New Orleans gets mm -hmm. really loud when they're good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I remember when he was on the Manning cast, though, he said the only two times he's ever had to use the silent count in a stadium was in Seattle and when he was in Baltimore. So, and he's obviously never played oh, in Baltimore ready, in a game Pat. like this. So it's going to be, uh, <laughs> it's going to be really, really loud on Saturday. But yeah. You're going to throw snowballs at him? You're going to throw snowballs at Pat? There's no snowballs. There, I, right? I wouldn't. No, it's I, melting today. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. I'm just kidding. There's imagine a meme going even, around. Imagine even thinking that PJ Glasser is winding up to throw <laughs> snowballs at anybody. I think the world would implode. With his family. <laughs> the Glassers. There's yeah, a they meme go going around the games. with uh, a picture of Lamar with this like smirk on his face saying, this is the only thing stopping us from a Taylor Swift Super Bowl, and I love it. <laughs> See, that's another thing, too, right? I mean, they're playing the Chiefs, so, like, part of the reason the tickets are what they are, you got to pay the Taylor Swift tax. Like, it's just, it's all part of it. So, and that's just the tickets alone. I mean, when I was at the game last week, some of those garages were charging $100 to park in them. So, I'm sure, they'll be, mm. like, probably 150 this week or something like that. It's, it's crazy money what they're going to make this weekend. Crazy. I hope they well, I hope they use some of that money to pay Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson for the Orioles. That'd be nice if they yeah, want to do that. Yeah, I'm sure that's I'd appreciate I'd appreciate yeah, that because no, no Angelos won't do it. So Orioles maybe the city of Baltimore can. Is now the time to do a Ravens Orioles championship parlay? You have one of those in your you gotta have one of those, right, PJ? No, I don't, always, Paul. I don't actually because I'm like too, I'm too superstitious. Like the that's man, just too from, much to from the for. man who brought you Philly Philly. <laughs> comes Yo, Baltimore, Baltimore. What are you going to call it? What are you going to call the crab it? Crab cake something. We're, we're workshopping it. We're workshopping okay. it right now. <laughs> crab uh, cake something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Love it. All right. So we got it. Speaking of Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey met her for the first time with his wife, and his wife had some words of advice before the meeting. There was not enough cameras on the suite where you could see Kylie, though. I wanted to see her reaction to all of this so bad. I'm not gonna lie, I gave Kylie a heads up. The moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. don't you dare. I was like, hey, it's letting you know what's happening. I'm not asking for permission, I'm doing this. Once a Kelsey man's determined, there's no f stopping him. And she was already telling me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting Taylor. This is hilarious. I was like, Kylie, when I met you, the first day I met you, I was blacked out drunk and fell asleep at the bar. <laughs> This is part of the charm. This is part of the Jason Kelsey charm. I want to make my best first impression. This is my best chance. My best first impression is the worst impression ever. So I, I could just build Set from that, that point. Nice oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. How could you not love him? 
Oh, he's awesome. Do we think he's going to be at the game? Is he going to be at the game this weekend, too? I would assume. Yes. Oh, he's got to be. If yes. you think that it's man's right. oh, pa- passing up the opportunity to take down 47 beers again, you're out of your mind. Yeah. He's going to drink tell you, 47 guys, on the drive and- down on that two-hour drive down I-95, and then he'll drink another 47 at the game. Like, <laughs> it's easy to get to. That's true. If 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 Jason Kelsey thinks that he's going to jump out of a suite in Baltimore, though, and he's going to get the same reception, he is sorely mistaken. Because <laughs> promise you that won't that won't happen. Dude, this was in Buffalo, though. This is Buffalo. That was my thought. Yeah. I, I think him tailgating with Bill's Mafia helped, like, warm up the situation. Because they're like, all right, he's cool. Instead of seeing him as an enemy. So yeah, what but is the, it, those fans like, we didn't see those videos know, until. Yeah, but we know Bill's sure. Mafia. We know Eagles fans. Like, what is a Baltimore fan? Like, you say, oh, he can't get away with it. Like, what is, like, take us, give, give us a Baltimore oh. fan personified. Because, again, me. you're oh, not man. the snowball-throwing I mean, type. Well, no, they're not. have you checked Aaron's social media this week? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we got two different ends of the spectrum here right now. It's true. Those it, Ravens it, fans. A week later, they're still coming after me for betting yep. the Texans on the spread. I'm like, good lord! This and maybe is hard. some of them yeah. were were PJ under a different name. Maybe maybe they were. <laughs> they were PJ's burner. I was coming after the Hawks. Yeah, but Fine. Buffalo. I mean, they they are crazy, but like, I just they're always willing to like have a good time, and I think they appreciate somebody that's willing to as well. Ravens yeah. fans, it's like. Man, they are so locked in to the game that I feel like if anything's distracting them from that, especially if it's the brother of like a guy on the other team, they're they're not going to be about that. I would think they just wouldn't care if they're that locked. When they're in. up big, they won't care. Right. <laughs> they're like whatever, yeah. guy. This is Becky be Daily. Yeah. Presented by BetMGM. Up next, we dive into every angle for the AFC Championship game between the uh whoa okay the ravens and the chiefs i think that was uh mixed up there <laughs> sides totals props and the latest injury news now let me see this <laughs> 